Welcome to the I'm Still Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Whitlow. I've been reading and studying the Bible my entire life, but I still have a lot of questions, and I'm still learning what it means. Each episode, we will take a look at what the Bible has to say and what it means to us today. Here we are at episode 20, and we're continuing our study in the book of Philippians. Today's study is coming from the first chapter of Philippians, verses 27 through 30. I'm calling today's episode, Citizens of Heaven. So get out your Bible or your Bible app and follow along. It's been a blessing and a privilege in my life to have the opportunity to visit many countries. And it's always interesting when I visit a different country, I move around, maybe I do business, maybe I stay in a hotel, maybe I'm driving a car, I'm buying things in a store, but I am never a citizen of that country. I follow their rules and I try to do my best to stay at peace with the people in the country that I'm visiting, never forgetting that I am a citizen of the United States. I have a responsibility while I'm in that country to follow their rules, to follow their laws, and I have every right to expect to be punished if I violate their rules, even if their rules are different than the rules that I follow in the United States. But it is my responsibility as a U.S. citizen to represent the U.S. well in whatever country that I visit, to be always a citizen of the United States, but to be a, a good visitor, an ambassador of the, of the United States when I'm visiting these other countries. Well, the Apostle Paul, in the, uh, the, the ending verses of this first chapter of Philippians, tells us that we also have a higher calling as a citizen that we need to pay attention to. And so I'm going to begin today's reading. We're going to finish up chapter 1, starting at verse 27, reading through verse 30, which is the final verse of this chapter 1. And by the way, if you didn't know this already, the chapters and verses are not original to the writings. When Paul was not writing this letter to the church in Philippi, he wasn't saying, okay, well, that's enough for chapter one. I'm going to switch to chapter two and, uh, and start at verse one in chapter two. No, he didn't do that. The chapters and verses were added later to help us as we study scriptures to all be able to go to the same uh, part of the Bible to read it together, to study it together. And it's uh, just a, a short way to get to the same place as we are, are studying the scriptures. So the, the scriptures and verses are not original. They were added as a study help. Okay, just threw that one in for free. All right, so here we go. Starting at verse 27, Paul says, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. 
This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I am still in the midst of it. So we're going to break this down today. I'm going to break it down into into three different sections uh, in this brief time that we have together today. And the first is this, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. What does he mean by that? What does he mean, citizens of heaven? Because Paul makes it known that he is a citizen of Rome, just as I am a citizen of the United States. But he knows that as believers in Christ, that we are held to a, a different standard because our eternity will be spent in heaven. We are children of God, and we will go to live with Christ in heaven at the end of this life. So how do we live as citizens of heaven while we are here on earth? By the way, this message of citizens of heaven applies to people all around the world, not just the people from the U.S., and so it always, I always try to remember, if I have a, a thought about living for Christ, I, try, I always have to see it from my own perspective first, but then I have to see, okay, does this idea, does this standard, does it hold up to people that live in very repressive companies, countries? Does it uh, stand up to people who are in countries that just don't give any thought at all to God? Because as citizens of heaven, standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting for the faith, which is the good news. So how do we conduct ourselves worthily? Well, one thing that always works and should be the first filter that we put any action or any thought or any idea that we have through is Jesus saying that the most important commandment was to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and to show it by loving your neighbor as yourself. And that means every neighbor of every nation, of every ideology, every language, every color, every geographical position, that we have that love. And our responsibility is to go into all that world and preach the gospel, making disciples in every people group. So that is the first overwhelming thing, is that we need to, to love our neighbor, and we love our neighbor by treating them the way that we want to be treated. Uh, we don't talk down to them, we don't shout angrily at them, because we don't want people to look down on us, and we don't want people to shout angrily at us. But he talks together about this fighting together for the faith, and I know I talk to a lot of Christians that are they're really uh, interested in, in, in the fight and in the, uh, the, the culture war and all of these things. They, they really want to get involved in battle and they want to call out the evil and they want to um, you know, overcome it and take it down. But what does Paul talk about fighting together for the faith? It is the good news. It is showing people that there is a path to salvation and forgiveness in Christ Jesus that 
our responsibility is, yes, we call out evil, but we call out evil with the heart of redeeming that person, not shaming them, not condemning them, not excluding them, but in a way that would attempt to bring them in to the family of God, that uh, we need to share that good news. In uh, 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, the 3rd and 4th verse, the Apostle Paul wrote the, the two letters to the Corinthians as well. He says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. So he's not talking about uh, overthrowing uh, political structures. He's not talking about binding together and, uh, and just destroying someone else. He's talking about lifting others up, that we uh, don't use the weapons that, uh, that the world uses, that we use God's Holy Spirit, his concern for each person, his desire that no one would be uh, destroyed, but that all would come into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that is how we go about bringing down these strongholds of human reasoning and destroying false arguments. So being a good citizen and conducting ourselves worthily as a citizen of heaven means that we do love our neighbor, that we do take the gospel to the world, that we do trust in God to do the work in people, not to shame them, but to draw them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because the Holy Spirit can do much more work in a person's life than we can through holding banners and shouting angrily at our opponents. Secondly, Paul says that we should not be intimidated in any way by our enemies. He says, this will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. You know, when a, a bully comes after someone, what the bully wants is they want the person to be afraid. They want the person to cower before them. That gives the, the bully a feeling of, of power. But when they encounter someone who d does not seem intimidated by them, who seems very peaceful, even in the face of this bullying or these severe threats, that is a, an intimidating work on the life of the bully. Because the bully wonders what it is that you know that they don't know, that you're acting so peaceful and so placid in the face of this threat that is coming at you. Jesus said in Matthew 10, verse 28, Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God, who can destroy both soul and body in hell. That's a, a different mindset. That's the mindset that, that Paul had when he said, For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. So, yeah, Man, I love living in, in this world, and I'm, I've got a lot to do, but if you kill me, then I get to be with Jesus. So that's no big deal. That's the same kind of thought that uh, back in the book of Daniel, there were three young Hebrews that had been taken captive 
in Babylon, and they were being uh, instructed by the king that he wanted everybody to bow uh, before this statue of the king. And they wouldn't do it because they were not going to bow before an idol. Now, they weren't doing anything crazy. They were just standing while everyone else was bowing, so they stood out. If you've read the story before, they were eventually thrown into a fiery furnace. But before they went, when they had this threat, listen, we're going to kill you if you don't bow. They said, okay, God can save us if he wants to, but even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow. That's the attitude that someone who truly believes in Christ can have. Yes, you can try to bully me, you can try to intimidate me, but I know in the end, I get to be with Jesus, so for whatever you do, yeah, you can do terrible things to me, but it will never come close to the glory that awaits me in eternity in heaven. So when you encounter these difficulties, when you encounter people that that don't want to, to go along with your way of thinking, don't be intimidated by them. Just live peacefully And that will be a great weapon against them is to show that you're not worried by their intimidation because you believe in something that is much stronger than the power that they can come up with on their own. And then the uh, the last part of this, he says, for you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. Now, that's something that in the U.S. we have trouble wrapping our mind around. We do not like the idea of suffering. We don't want uh, prices to go up. We don't want uh, a piece of legislation passed that infringes on something that we want to do. We do not want anything to happen that's going to make me have to live my life any differently than I want to. But Paul is saying here that we need that part of this living for Christ, being a citizen of heaven, there is a privilege of suffering for Christ. He says, we're in this struggle together. You've seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I am still in the midst of it. Remember, Paul is in prison right now as he's writing this letter. The people at the church in Philippi actually saw Paul being stoned. They saw him being thrown in prison. They saw him great accusation that people were making against him. And they knew how his faith remained strong through all of that. And he is still writing with this piece of someone who knows that Christ is all. Christ is in all and Christ is the all in all. And he had, as long as he has Christ, he needs nothing else. Later in Philippians, he talks about this peace that surpasses our ability to understand what it is about when we truly live and trust in Christ. And this struggle that they had seen him live in was a powerful part of his testimony now. Because if he only just said that uh, living for Christ makes everything work out good for you, and then when he has this, uh, this struggle, he either has to hide it or he has to turn his back on what he was believing, then everybody walks away. But when he sees he is still just as strongly engaged in his life in Christ as he was when things were going well, he still is now while he's in prison writing this, that is a powerful, powerful testimony of the power of Christ in someone's life. So as I bring this talk to a close, I just want to talk for a minute. How do we call out evil? 
in this world. It's by calling people to Christ. It's not by shouting and protesting, getting in people's faces and calling them names. No, it's by calling people to salvation in Jesus Christ. Oh, I know I encounter a lot of people that like the Jesus who turned over tables. They, they want that Jesus that upsets things and turns things over. But remember, when Jesus turned over the tables there in the temple, he was turning it over because the people who called themselves religious were making it harder for people to come to him. Jesus is calling the world to come to him. He says in John three seventeen that he didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world through Jesus Christ. So let's remember that as we round out this first chapter of Philippians. And next week we'll start into chapter 2 and see what this wonderful letter has for us today. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the I'm Still Learning podcast. If you find this podcast interesting, won't you please share it with a friend? Also, let me know what you think. Find me on Facebook or Instagram under my name, Randy Whitlow, or send an email to rbwhitlow at me.com. Until next week, I'm Randy Whitlow, and I'm still learning.